Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Today's guest is one of the more eclectic and cosmic Bitcoiners I know, the one and only Michael Dunworth. I so enjoyed chatting with Mike that we ended up recording for a couple hours and in the spirit of keeping things relatively bite-sized, decided we'd split this discussion into two parts. So in this first discussion, we discussed the bull market, what's driving it, some of the sentiment, because we just crossed 40k and we're feeling bullish AF. Next, we chatted about the bear market, what we learned about it, what we saw with some companies. And then we discussed high fees and custody and all sorts of random topics sprinkled in. It truly is a wild ride when you're dealing with Mike and I absolutely loved it. And I think you will too. Over to the show. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best. There's no second best crypto asset. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Why Bitcoin Show. I'm your host, Dale Warburton. It's a weekly podcast on why Bitcoin matters and what makes it completely different to all other cryptocurrencies. If you're interested in Bitcoin and you'd like to distill crypto fact from fiction, you've come to the right place. Things are cooking and I'm yeah, feeling dude, it's mental. so good. Mental. So good. So welcome to your third episode, Mr. Michael Dunworth. Dude, you're running pleasure. short on guests. I know. <laughs> Do you have any more brothers? <laughs> no. I'm out. No, shit. Okay. Jeez, I better start hunting. No, we <laughs> were supposed to do this in Murrah and then uh, the as bush you bash. know, at, yeah. Yeah, at the bush bash. And as you know, I was dusty AF and uh, out for the funniest cunt. thing ever. Drinking Funny, my so Gatorade good. or whatever the hell that colorful yeah. drink was. So, Dude, yeah. Everyone was giving it a nudge. It was great. It was an awesome weekend. Had a blast. It was fantastic. Always interesting to see. And the second time around, it's always a bit different. You know, you kind of like the first time, I'm just like, I don't know anyone. And I'm yep. just like buzzing. And yeah. then the second I met one, you at the first one. That's where I first met you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I met you at the bar there at that prestigious uh, White Heart Hotel. <laughs> The best. And, <laughs> yeah, no, oh man, but it was a good time. And oh, just you always come back to normie land and you go, oh boy. All right. Yeah, but yeah. um it's sort of how I feel like sorry to interrupt, but I feel like it's kind of I've never been to Burning Man, but I feel like everyone says when they go to Burning Man, it's like going home or something mm -hmm. like that, which is kind of like this this idea that you feel back with your people almost. I haven't experienced it, but it's kind of like that with Murrow. When you come out of it, you've been so bitcoined that after it, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's another sort of frame of reference for the whole planet, you know? <laughs> Not everyone's drinking as much Kool-Aid as me. <laughs> we were chatting a little bit about Murrah. So you said it was yep, something yep. along the lines of that Burning Man feeling, and you yep. hadn't been, and yep. I can say ditto. I actually used to mock people ruthlessly for going to <laughs> Africa Burn, which was the equivalent. Yeah. You know, and just going into the desert, getting very earthy and filthy and not exchanging actual money and saying, oh, I'll just do favors yeah, yeah. and whatnot. I was like, oh, you delusional 
privileged hippies. <laughs> but <laughs> but now it's like you know maybe you're right. Uh, there's a maybe you're spot on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just delusional um, sound money advocates and freedom fighters. But um, anyway, so <laughs> we started out the part with a little pump it up, and yep. I think it's right because the vibes are high. They are very high. We've yes. just crossed the 40,000 mark yesterday. So we're recording this December 5th yep. and it crossed that elusive 40K barrier. And from what I understand, it's not being driven by any leverage or retail. This is really like institutional spot. Give us your thoughts on what's happening, what's potentially driving this and kind of just some sentiment around that. You look, I reckon you're spot on. Everything's hyped as fuck. Everyone's pumped. There's just, there's too many people trying to go through the fire exits at once. That's how it feels like. And in like, I'll tell you what it is like, you know, you've got flowing water through a pipe, like it just like mm. flows through a pipe. When you shrink that pipe, what happens to the velocity of the water, the flow rate, it accelerates. Mm -hmm. So what's happening with the halving coming up, we're sort of shrinking the pipe. And now not only is the flow rate going to increase organically because the pipe has shrunk, we're actually pouring like fucking Grand Hoover Dam in it, into it behind it, which is ETFs, which is sovereign wealth funds and all that kind of stuff that we've been hearing about. But look, I mean, it's too big to ignore, too big to ignore. And all these sort of pieces, like you've got an election coming up, you've got the ETFs getting approved, you've got the halving coming up, you've got sovereign wealth funds trying to get in or whatever. You've got this example that's been set by El Salvador, which is and made an allocation yeah you've got sleepers like iran iran i'm pretty sure they they ding all all mining operations that happen in iran are fine so long as the central bank is the first buyer of your coins and that's kind of interesting because basically iran's got like at least last time i checked which is ages ago that it had like three and a half or five percent of the hash rate so when you think about that they're basically dcaing five percent <laughs> of like earth's mining like you know like earth's bitcoin production they're dcaing five percent a day of it that's a pretty Wild. healthy adoption strategy yeah so i mean theoretically that's a big that, that's a big grand version of dcaing if you ask me clipping the ticket right that's a great relationship that's fantastic you know, yeah yeah at least i don't i haven't really looked at it i don't even know if it's true maybe it was a blog post about it but from memory when i read it that was the most sensical kind of elegant way to do it it was like cool you want to mm -hmm. do it great we're the buyer of like if this is the most valuable thing on earth then fucking earth we're the buyer of like we're the first buyer no one else in this country like i think you're right dude i've actually read that before and um, it's not about hot widely on. reported yeah. um but I have read that. And I actually, I was listening to an episode of, uh, I was listening to Marty and um, Matt Adele. Yeah. And apparently it's well known. I say well known because I had no clue, but Russia has been mining too. And we know Bhutan has been mining. We know El Salvador's got their volcano operations. Yeah. Um, and who else is participating that we don't even know about? Um, yeah. Like when you see these iceberg. huge... You see these huge jumps in the hash rate. It looks like a very coordinated sort of turn the button, press the on button, and then, you know, the hash rate jumps gigantically. So it looks like a very organized sort of increase in hash rate at times. Yeah, so just pulling this up, it says, uh, Iran hit hard by sanctions for bringing with oil and natural gas supply, which is crypto currency. 
Iran's foreign exchanges are dwindling, but it's oil and gas. Country legalized cryptocurrency mining, but prohibited trading. Ah, so mining's fine, trading's not. Yeah. New regulation asks miners to sell their crypto to the central bank. According to the report from the state-run Iranian Students News Agency, Iran has established new re- regulations to funnel Bitcoin mined by Iranians into state coffers. Yeah, so it sort of seems like there's some legitimacy. Look, it's from decrypt.io or whatever the fuck, but I'm sure they're not going to post that if it's bullshit. That, oh, no wow. one would ever do that. Would Why they? would they do that? The media no, is never. True. Anyway, I'll we buy can... it. I'll run with it, and I'll think about it. it makes sense to me. So sure, they got my vote <laughs> or whatever it, makes it is. Sense you know, to me, but I mean, there's also probably some sleeper institutions on the go. And I think what's really... oh, everyone, no one wants to let anyone know that they're getting in. It's like every person is a boat in the harbor, creeping in, like trying mm. to be really quiet, not wake anyone up. Because the moment anyone gets a whiff that someone's waking someone up, like, you know, someone's been secretly going, they're like, fuck, we've got to get in on this. Like, everyone is trying to sleepily front run everyone else. I'm assuming so. Like, it's a very cutthroat industry. So uh, I would assume that everyone is doing everything in their power to get in before the other guy. Exactly. And and to your point, like, uh, the way the game works is it's not as if people are like, we believe in this, we're going to be purchasing some, you know, here's how much we're buying. That's yeah. not how the games play because that's not where the gains are made. Like, no, you're going to play the game and you're going to go, wow, okay, this thing has some value. We're going to start allocating quietly. Plus, we're going to actually divert attention and tell everyone how crap it is, how bad it is for the environment, how it's used by criminals. Yeah. And so it wouldn't surprise me if so much of this coordinated FUD that we've seen over the last few years has been through these institutions i mean whether directly or indirectly mm. they've got the oh, yeah keep the price down until we get in is that what yeah, you mean kind of it's like going like we need to clear all the filth so get rid of the the ftx and the binance and we need a vehicle to be able to well, that's very real that is very real yes. where they would want those because here's the thing when you want to list an etf and all that sort of stuff like you've got to have basically a healthy price discovery engine now i'm not yep. saying what's healthy or not i'm not to make that call the only people that make that call are the regulators because they're the ones that say yes or no to an etf launching so you know if they've got no no purview or no jurisdiction over the price discovery mechanisms or the machine of price discovery then that means that this price can blow out on their op- on their market you know bitcoin etf can blow out really aggressively and it's you know very untethered to where it actually should be i'm not sure but i imagine it could get messy in that regard like not saying that's the right way to do it. I'm just saying that's the way they do it. So if you're trying to go on their exchange, then you probably got to play by their rules, so to speak. So I can see how that would happen. They've flushed out a lot of the noise, cleaned it up, and now they're ready to go. Okay, now we can start. We can feel reliable on this infrastructure. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but almost every single uh, of the ETF partners were looking at, they were going as Coinbase with the custody solution. I think Fidelity was the only one that was choosing to self-custody. That's interesting because Fidelity is actually, I feel like they've done a lot of homework over the years. Like they've made some really great investments into like a lot of these seeding funds that basically invested a lot of, you know, Bitcoin startups, crypto startups, whatever it is, but they've, they've kind of given it the light of day a lot, a lot earlier in my opinion than most. Oh, that's true, man. It's objectively true. Yeah. They've some excellent stuff, I think, a couple of years back when they distinguished 
said Bitcoin is fundamentally distinct from crypto. And that was yeah, I think, and I think like most of the people, like even government agencies, I feel like they kind of they get it. Like they get, they're like this thing's a monster, and you know, like tip of the hat. But everything else is a bit wishy-washy noise, or everything else has still got to. I'm not saying everything else is trash. I don't know. I can't predict the future, but it looks like it's not going to be that promising. A lot of the other stuff, but look, hey, something might come through, bust through and get on everyone's radar, but I just don't see it happening. I think Bitcoin's earned its stripes and I think it set the tone in what earning the stripes looks like, basically, which mm. is being very predictable. And I think that predictability is, to be honest, I sound like I'm harping on about it, but I think the root, root essence of all of this is that people can have money that's a predictable type of money and that we don't even know how much that's cracked open our entire whole consciousness because we've like, Wait, that thing that's filtered every thought I've ever had forever. I don't have to think about it at the moment. It's like, no, nah, dude, dude, it, we, we, your money works for you. The supply is going down. Don't worry. And no one can change it. We don't have technology to change it. It's like, you mean to tell me I can sleep at night and not have to think about becoming a hedge fund manager with my own money to sort of survive this? No, nah, dude, you can do that. Sleep well, play some video games. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. Crack out Fortnite. Let's go. Get dusted up by <laughs> 12-year-olds and go to bed sleeping like a baby, <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, that is so true, man. It yeah. is so true. It just feels so different to 40k two years ago. It just feels yeah. like so much more mature and ready for prime time. There's a lot of meat on the bone right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It felt like know? it was a bit of a sugar rush previously. Like this was like, you know, we were schnaffing a little bit of Bitcoin and we were like running hard and we we're like, fuck yeah, boy. And yeah. now you're just like going, wow, you just feel like a giant tsunami building. And it doesn't even feel like the party started. This is just like, no, like no look, everyone, you know, like think about the halving, like the pipe again, like the pipe's closing, like, you know, like the pipe is shrinking yeah. for the, and so the water will start flowing faster. And so right now the pipe is getting closer and closer and closer to this next halving. The water is going to start flowing faster and faster and faster. The water is the price and the price, you know, the more North it goes basically is from buying volume. Right. That's from pressure coming in. It's like, it's a pressure valve. Like that's what the price is. It's sort of a, that's, yeah, I suppose it's the price is the mechanism to measure, you know, just how thirsty the whole world is for Bitcoin, basically. What that's the appetite fine. is. Yeah, I feel like 100%. it is anyway. But so we got the fire exit shrinking. So that's going to speed up the flow of our, our rate of flow in our pipe, whatever. Pipe's getting smaller. We got people pouring way more like mass behind our pipe that's got to, get through our pipe, like, which is all the money that's sitting on the sidelines right now. You know what? I just, I don't know. It feels mental. Feels Does it mental. feel risk off to you? Because I mean, gold no, now, here. now it's a no brainer to me. Now everything yeah. is so unstable and topsy turvy. You've got to have that mental peace of mind to have just something that, you know, is not changing. Like, and look, everything says it's not going to change. Is that a, sure. Whatever this thing, I know no one can print more of. And so it may as well, it's intellectually dishonest not to have some. That's all it is. It's literally intellectual laziness. Uh, no, that Bitcoin, that's fine. 100% back currency, that's fine. It's like, oh, oh, but are you, but the, the, the climate change, it's fine, 100% backed. Cryptographically provable. Yeah. Instantaneously. <laughs> what more do you want, sorry? Oh, you need something else with the bells and the whistles. Idiot. I can't touch it, but I can't touch it. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what you also can't touch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the money in your bank. <laughs> yeah, yes. the bank can't either because they don't have it either. No oh, one's that's got it. You know? <laughs> that's true. But 
I find it really, it's what's really interesting is two years ago, it was a sort of high risk tech stock effectively in yeah. many ways, highly correlated with the NASDAQ. Yeah. And today now we see it sort of breaking out. Correlation has dropped. We see like gold has now hit, you know, all time high, which is oh, a manipulated alarm. If, if any alarm, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, we all know that there's been blatant fuckery in that market forever. Uh, yeah. Just printing tons of paper gold. And yeah, even that has now sort of started signaling that, yeah, there's something going on. So yeah. It's just, yeah, it's actually just really, really exciting. And I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you subscribe to this. Yep. American Hoddle said this, and I've said this a couple of times in the pod, but I'd be interested to see like where you fit with this. When I first got involved in this space, I got involved right in the bull run. So it was like, whew, I'm a genius. And I watched it like double or whatever the case be in like, yeah. you know, three, four months. And I was like, shit, yeah, boy. And I remember lying on the floor dreaming about like fucking money and going i've got this i'm a genius i've just hopped on the hopped on board express train yeah, yeah. well two years of bear market from hell and was it great i mean in the sense that it was humbling it really kind of it, it really made me stay humble and stack sets get back to basics what bitcoin is yep. really fundamentally about yeah and so hodl says something along the lines of like you need to figure out where you sit are you better in as a sort of in the bear market or the bull market. I am so untrustworthy in a bull market. Like you really? don't want to take my advice, but in the bear, I'm a champion. Where do you sit on that sort of thing? I think it's always relative to the audience, right? Like it's going to be like, what do you mean? Like, am I a champion for the bull market or the bear market? I know what I mean is like, how do, what's your mental state like in the sense of like, I have absolute peace and quiet in my brain. Like maybe you and I are similar in a way where our brains are a little bit like, like yeah. all over the showsy sometimes. Yeah. And when oh, it's okay, yeah, 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 it gets, I'm, it gets I'm easier. chill, dude. Yeah. But then when it's I, a pull, I, am, I go definitely, yeah. Like, like I think you just get more resilient, right? Like you get better at stomaching losses. You get better at being patient. You get more educated, at understanding what it is that you actually bought in the first place. So what is this thing that's gone down that I bought at an all time high? Hmm. Now the tuition begins. All right, cool. I burnt. Okay. Well, am I staying around in this? Everyone's telling me to, but I'm down 70%. What the fuck am I doing here still? Okay. Well, time to get the textbooks out and see if this 70% is going to go away or, or not. So I think at the start, I was very like my emotions match the market, but now, you know, you, you have one and then you have another. And the best thing it teaches you is to manage your expectations. That's the best thing it does. And that's what everything, you know, the best lessons are the most, the best emotional response you can have is like a, the ones where your expectations are managed. When your expectations become mismanaged, then, you know, the emotional response can be blown out or whatever. Like, does Absolutely. that make sense? It so, makes perfect sense, man. So I think, I think as you, you just build your, your you become battle tested basically. Um, and to be honest, being lazy is really easy as well. Like if you're lazy, like that's the Bitcoin is for you. Like it is your <laughs> best friend. Like I saw someone, I saw a description years ago. It said, Bitcoin is like you've been put into the body of the world cup goal scorer. And there's no goalie in front of the net and the entire crowd is cheering and you are running down the middle of the field with no one in front of you. Like, just put the ball into the net. That's all you got to do, dude. And the crowd is going to go mental. So it's <laughs> kind of like the crowd being your body. It's going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you bought this. We can stress less now about this. 
because there is something to say about that. Like, you know, with stress is so tremendous. Like think about how consuming financial journeys are to people's entire life. Oh, yeah. Like if you thought your life as a data bar, hundred percent, like a loading bar, like imagine the mental bandwidth is a hundred percent. Your every thought you've had in your life. Imagine how much of that is got something to do with money. It's mental. Like it's insane. We for half of us people, most of us don't even know what like life is like yet. We haven't even figured it out because there's always been this idea. I don't think money is that much of a money is not a natural thing. Money is sort of a division of resources. So it feels like, uh, I don't know, just a changing of the guard or something. It feels, you know, something's got to give. People are getting smarter faster now, I think, as well. As as um, I think COVID was a really interesting thing for the world because the whole world got a circuit breaker to their, to their routine. And now what happens when you break a routine, you start opening up the ability for, you know, cognition or co- conscious thought. So how many people after COVID went, the fuck am I doing in my life? I go into a concrete building where there's no sunlight all day. What the fuck am I doing? I'm a battery. I'm meant to get sunlight and get charged. What the fuck am I doing? And so yeah, you have people that go, well, you know what? I'm going to, I don't mind taking a pay cut. You know, maybe I was getting $100,000, $150,000 a year, but I'm happy to take 80 and be way happier. You know, happy as the new rich is almost sort of becoming the the mantra of, you know, new generations now because people are just saying like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's become more difficult. Like happiness isn't bought with the money I feel like is, you know, the glitz and the glamour and all that stuff. It's yeah. not about that. I feel like and a Bitcoin kind of shortcuts, fast tracks you through that. It's like, okay, Bitcoin's going to go up like crazy. Yes, it's going to be cool. Yes, it's up, but think about how much peace you can have. You could stop even playing. You stop thinking about the money game. You just know it's a matter of time. Whether you have... Bitcoin, whether you have million sats or you've got a hundred Bitcoin, you know, it's a matter of time. That's all. And it's like, you start thinking in more of this matter of time kind of mentality. So now you've got a North star or a goal that you're starting to orientate your mind and your life around. So it's teaching you something now. And so now through that bear market or whatever it is, as you come to this education, you become grateful for the bear markets because the bear markets where you learn the most and then the bull markets are where you can sort of enjoy what you've done it's almost like animals that go into hibernation where they're recharging their batteries they're doing whatever i don't i don't actually know what hibernation is but you know, you know like i mean i'm assuming they're recharging their mental batteries or whatever they're stretching and relaxing hey, hanging out eating hanging food, out. whatever that's what, that's what the bear markets are like you know it's three years on one year off and everyone comes out of hibernation whether they're engineers that have been working on you know beautiful products for two years in the in the on the sidelines or they're seasoned veterans that are looking to take on the next tsunami of adoption it's all batten down the hatchets or whatever batten down the hatchet yeah yeah but it's it's like that it is literally like that every person's going to be have their finger on the trigger ready to hire a hundred more customer support people or 500 or a thousand and there'll be skeleton teams that erect, they get erected and then they just collapse straight away after. Like for good, it's good business, obviously. They can't keep people around if there's no you know, jobs to fill. So yeah, it is a seasonal business. Like Bitcoin, just like companies work on quarterly reports, Bitcoin works on four-year cycles. It's exactly the same thing. You may as well right. think of it in four. You think of a company in you know quarterly reports, think of Bitcoin exactly the same. It'll perform when it's ready to perform, not when you want it to perform, not back in the markets, not when, none of that shit. It's a clock. It'll tell you when the time is and you can follow it if you want. And that's kind of the thing, you know? That so 
Yeah, I think the bear markets are generally more exciting. And I say that because like when shit's really hard, you got to get really good and like better with problem solving because when things are easy, everything's easy, you know, like good products don't come out of bull markets. Good products usually come out of bear markets because a bull market product is a froth product usually. It's where, you know, when everything's going well, that's when it's easier to raise money. It's easy to close deals, more people trying to get involved. You know, it's just it, more opportunity presents itself when vibes are good, basically. But I usually yeah. think that the best product and the best work are usually forged in the hardest, you know, the hardest moments, I think. Yeah, it feels like most of the best products come out of bear market because there's you can focus in a bear market. In a bull market, you can't do anything but survive. Like, it's literally like that. You've got, it's like owning a boat and seeing millions of people swimming towards it. And what you got to figure out is how to make your boat bigger before the time they get there. Yeah. And that's what like an exchange or a wallet or a custodial service, whatever they are, then they know the tsunami's coming. It's like, it is legitimately like clockwork. And I mean, if you have people standing there trying to buy, you know, however many 6.25 Bitcoins, you know, every block, every 10 minutes standing there. And now the guy comes out one block later and he goes, sorry guys, Supplies updated. It's 3.125, but you have the same amount of people standing there. Yoink. Like Coming that's up. physics. It will go up. It go. It can't not like literally you can put the energy anywhere you want, but it's going up. How good is that, bro? Like um, yeah. the whole description about the bear market, it, it's, it's almost like corporate life in terms of being able to raise capital in terms of the quality of products okay. and, and the growth and the, the type of value one can create during that bear market. Yeah. It, it sort of mirrors what one can experience from a personal perspective. Cause it's like, I have to say like, it was a real learning experience. Like I've never been so right. And then I guess almost so wrong in a way, if, if, if price is a short-term metric of how right or wrong yeah. you are. And luckily I'd done the work, but it was a, a huge learning curve in the sense of yeah. just having to, and initially there's this gross feeling of pain. And then you're like, God, that sucks. What has been good? What's going on? Yeah. Why the hell? I thought this would keep going up. What the yeah. hell happened in November 21? Yeah. That whole fake yeah. double pump, whatever the hell it was. I was like, we're supposed to go to 100K. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, we were, that was a, that was a fake bull market. Like that, that was, was all fake. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like it was, it didn't, uh, it didn't sort of carry out organically. Like yeah. there was obstruction to the flow of, water through our pipe or whatever you want to call it but it was absolutely 100 obstruction the water doesn't flow like that that does that looked weird you know yeah and it, it unfortunately i was too naive and immature to be able to in my journey to be able to detect that or you know i i just dude i don't think i think they it. fooled the whole world basically. yeah i i don't feel like, too bad in a way nah. but now i'm so much more reluctant to sort of go a ape in like to give you an example, we got some cash sitting in an offset account. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, the right time to have allocated was three months ago. Okay. Yeah. Now my brain is starting to go, come on, boy, things are cooking. You got to yeah. get that into Bitcoin. Yeah. I was like, I said to my wife, you've got to pull, you got to pull me back. You got to say to me, no, you might break. Yeah. Cause they don't trust me. And yeah. I'm still not there, but it's a journey. Maybe once I've done this one, We'll see in the future ones. But yeah. I thought that was just an interesting point to touch on. With the tsunami of institutional, sovereign, and retail money that's yeah. inevitably going to pour in over the next sort of 
six to 24 to 36 months, however this sort of plays out. It's probably not going to be structurally the same as any other cycle. One of the biggest problems we've been seeing of late is high fees. And I recently yeah. have spoken with Bob Burnett of Barefoot Mining. We spoke about how not everybody is going to be able to you hold high mining own. fees or high on-ramp fees? On Like uh, uh, fees, like just uh, transactional fees, right? So to be able to, not everyone is going to be able to have the privilege of owning their own keys. There's just simply not going to be enough room for those who can actually afford it. We spoke about like UTXO consolidation and all that kind of jazz. And that just made it really abundantly clear to me that it's like, actually, if we fast forward now, we're probably going to have to have all of these centralized custodians, whether they have give you a key or two keys or one key or whatever the case may be, or whether it's your bank yeah. like NZ or Commonwealth, like how do you think about that? And then, you know, in terms of the ethos of Bitcoin too, like, you know, yeah. not, your, not your keys, not, not your coins, coins and all that coins. jazz. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Okay, so let's break that problem down into a couple of points. So the first part is we have lots of, we have limited bandwidth on chain. And obviously with limited bandwidth means limited supply, means like our pipe, we shrink it, it's basically going to get faster. So the price is going to go up in terms of costing it to get into that pipe. So with that, I think what we have to do is figure out, okay, fees are going up. I don't think this becomes a scaling issue, right? And so they use non-custodial, they use custodian platforms as a scaling solution because just acting on chain is too expensive or whatever. So I actually think that people will probably change behaviors before they compromise their keys so it's sort of like will they say oh no i've just got my bitcoin in exchange or will they say dude i don't care i've just got some i don't i don't i don't hold it yeah it's expensive to use i'll figure out a time when it's cheaper but right now i've got some yeah. and i think people will do less than so so basically scaling is a problem that needs solving if people if you have to scale something right? So people say Bitcoin only does so many transactions a second. You can't pay for coffees and shit. Okay. Lightning exists. Now let's say lightning doesn't exist. It's like, well, you're still assuming that people want to buy a whole lot of shit. The transaction frequency that we have on a daily basis as human beings that is not related to energy is insane. We eat three meals a day. That's related to energy, which is related to us surviving longer and living further and adding value to an energetic system, which we are part of. Yeah. But then the rest of it is hot trash. Like, I mean, I don't see people rushing to keep consumerism propped up because your currency is too valuable. So it's going to say, hey, currency is really good to spend when, you know, when everyone's spending, when you've got a shit currency. Now that you've got a good currency, do you think your your spending behavior is going to change to reflect your currency's behavior? And the odds are it probably will. And so I think actually what it's going to do is force a lot of people to slow down. And so now back to your question originally is like what, how people are going to act on chain. I don't think people are going to get priced out of the chain too aggressively because I think people will be able to kind of, there'll be solutions that work, but yeah, I think, I think people will take pride in owning their own keys on chain because that is the ownership. And, and so people don't want to half-ass it. People that start, they'll get into a custodial exchange, of course, because they're there for the number going up. That's the re that's the exciting, you know, hand-waving, bringing them into the restaurant. You know, they it's like they come for the number go up and they stay for how much they learn on the pro in the process, whether that's about themselves or whatever it is. 
So look, scaling will be a problem if the consumer behavior doesn't change for sure, because you can't fit 8 billion people. You can't fit 8 billion lightning wallets on this. So like the, but I am betting that consumer behavior will change. People will get over shit. People are over shit already. As inflation, as property becomes more expensive, as everything physical becomes more expensive to hold, to store, to maintain, mm. people are going to tap out. Too busy, too hard, over it, or rent it if I need it. Go fuck yourself. My Bitcoins I own, everything else is ephemeral. Basically, and I think a lot of people will start with that mental model and work backwards. So they'll simplify their life. They don't want a hundred things. They don't want, they don't, you know, the wants become, you start shrinking your wants really quickly. And it's like, wow, fuck, everything was really easy if I just sort of threw out a couple of these pain in the ass things every day. So I think like money by changing it, it's going to change your consciousness. Like ask anyone in Bitcoin that's been here for four years or just seen a bull run, like, you know, 210,000 blocks, Whether, regardless of when you got in. Your consciousness is updated. This is consciousness updating software, period. Like, and just because you're not putting a floppy disk or a CD or you're plugging a USB drive in, when you're plugging that shit in anyway, all it's doing is connecting two electrical currents to join together. Your eyes, it's all the same shit. We're an electrical field. I'm catching the same sort of thing as if I was plugging something else in. So I don't know. I think it is, but I think it's fair to say that uh, you know what? Find me someone who doesn't think it has updated their consciousness that's been here for four years. Because well, I'm pretty sure coaching, everyone has been taught a lesson of sorts, of sorts. Whatever it is, mm. they've been taught something. And I feel like that is why you kind of gravitate towards it. Not only does it just carry a shit ton of gravity to it because it's a gigantic energy sort of sinkhole, let's say. Not a sinkhole, but, you know, it's just sucking in energy from the planet in a good way. I think it's total addressable market, by the way, like Bitcoin's adoption rate, nothing to do with dollars or people. It's all to do with energy consumption. And basically its target is 100% of Earth's energy production. Okay, That's let's stop there. I, awesome. I want to backtrack on something you said and then I want to tackle that issue. Okay, so yeah. what you were talking about earlier is saying like eventually people are going to come to the realization of going, okay, this fiat stuff is effectively worthless. I may as well use this for my day-to-day -day consumption and then I can store my energy in this thing and I can actually do very little in terms of like, let me just have it and I'm yeah. not going to try and transact with it. So I suppose the interesting thing is then imagining what what about all these sort of circular economies? Because I've always been a little bit of a detractor somewhat in the sense of, you know, you're going like, well, here's a little circular economy in, you know, in South Africa yeah. or like Bitcoin Akasi or Bitcoin yeah. or whatever the case would be. And yeah. it's great in terms of creating awareness. But I'm always conscious of the fact that for many of these people, they don't actually have that surplus energy to store. You know, they literally, it's like energy in, energy out. Like they don't have any surplus savings each month yeah. so what you're well, saying the circular is economy part is definitely real and that's where it'll come down to local community circular economy stuff i think like people yeah. aren't going to be rushing to buy the iphone 17.8 and then the next year the iphone 18.6 or whatever it is like if you haven't kind of got it yet they've produced the next four iPhones already and they're dripping them out to you. And they do that because why would I monetize something once if I can do it four times? And as you start realizing this more and more, you start going, well, fuck, okay, hold on. So what have I got? I've got the iPhone 17.6. Do I ne really need to rush to get the iPhone 20.1? 
I mean, look, there's some tech nut huggers that are like, oh my God, I'm going to suck off everything that Apple does. That's fine. Totally get that. But then there's other people like, okay, this does basically everything I need right now. And anything else is just trying to keep up with some tech that's probably not going to be that much of a leapfrog breakthrough. So I suppose it depends on the person, but you know, like an iPhone is awesome. Do I need the new iPhone every year? Nope. Did I think I did 10 years ago? Yep. Have I gotten smarter and learned that I'm just getting taken for a ride more than most of the time? Yep. So now as you start learning, it's like learning that smoking's bad for you. You're going to be more close to stopping than if you didn't know it was bad for you. Speaking of which, I know it's terrible for me and I smoke like a chimney. Fucking oh, stupid. <laughs> there is nothing, nothing more dangerous than nicotine. And I, I'm not I'm not judging yeah. you. Way. I, we, I think we might have spoken about this at, at tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. And and in fact, I was listening to this is a detour. You know Matthew Perry from Friends. Um, oh, he's fa- he's a fantastic. He oh, he's passed away now. Exactly. Yeah. I was listening to his audio book just on a drive the other day, and I just devoured it. And like, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but mm. it's quite. He was talking about how it's actually quite well known that nicotine's the hardest. Like he couldn't kick the other stuff. Oh, no, no, like, it's one hundred percent. Nicotine's the most addictive drug that you can put into your body. I'm pretty sure it is more addictive than heroin. It's just the substance, the dosage that you take relative to heroin is not as high. But as an agent, like nicotine versus like heroin or whatever it is, I think is I think nicotine beats it. But I think then fentanyl beats all of them or some shit, which is Maybe like fentanyl you know, takes the cake, but it's not as dude, if we're doing that. Mate, um, talking about killing people, far out. Jesus. Oh Christ. my gosh. Okay, so mate. earlier you were talking about a giant sinkhole of energy. Yes. Let's talk about that because that's a that's a, yeah. I always like your analogies here. So what are you talking about? Well, all the energy is committed to a single purpose. It's like having you know, the Elon Musk's Raptor engines that are flying the spaceship out of the planet, you know, those engines, and they've got like it's actually like one big mouthpiece, I think, with lots of boosters in like or lots of these engines sort of making one big engine or something. Anyway, it's basically assembling like think of en- the energy grid, all these miners are just electrical currents all attacking the same direction. And this direction is not a location or coordinate. It's more of a four-dimensional coordinate, which is the block height. So they're all on the 3D energy grid, but they're attacking this four-dimensional block height or this block height, which is invisible. So it's all channeled towards the same commitment or purpose. So just like a whole bunch of people in a crowd clapping at once, that's more impactful than lots of people clapping out of turn or whatever it is. So this is why miners are thumping the energy grid every 10 minutes like a shockwave like if we had thermal imaging on it let's say we were creatures like predator or whatever in those arnold schwarzenegger movies it's like you would see the whole energy grid and if you filtered it by miners like you just see this energy grid like and they're just Sick. like committing so much energy it's just mental and that's cool and i reckon they're going to get to 100 i reckon they're going to lead the innovation in most energy efficiencies no because no one's got a better carrot to do so here's the thing with bitcoin now if you get born onto planet earth you could theoretically skip everything in history and just focus on study energy and make be more understanding of energy than everyone else And then if you are that person, Bitcoin will pay you more than anyone else because you plug your mining rig into your energy machine that's more efficient or whatever it is, the party started. So if you're 10 years old and you've been studying energy for five years, you're probably going to be ahead of people with that know, oh yeah, 
you know, Fred Smith in 1836 took a dump on the beach and that was declared the beginning of Australia or whatever it is. Like, ah, you know what I mean? Oh, like Fred Smith, the poor guy. I mean, Captain Cook, to. Fred Smith. Sorry, that's really disrespectful to Captain Cook who was sort of arrived <laughs> in Sydney. <laughs> right? yeah. So uh, I think it was 1786 or 1876. 1776. No. Come on, 17... man. Fuck. 1776, was it? 1776. Wasn't it Australian? Him. Yeah. Yeah, come on. You're, you're, you're an Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. My God. Yeah. Am I right? Or... Yeah, it's uh, three boys, uh, 1779, maybe. Oh, anyway. dear. Okay, slightly off. Um, okay, we're both wrong. Fair you know enough. what? This, this is just, a, this is a thing, like, neither of us have to be right like the only thing that people are going to judge our intellectual stupidity but if you need the answer <laughs> i can get you the answer like i, I don't think people like, are listening I, for I, don't, our, our, I don't think people are listening for our australian history and uh you know uh the, i don't the think they're listening to us anyway they stopped oh. listening 10 minutes ago to us <laughs> <laughs> i think we we lost them at nicotine okay yeah um, nice. so back back on target okay yes. so energy well yeah i think bitcoin's a one-way street it's it's taking more energy and it's just going to keep consuming it in a good way. And mm. look, if we're all as a species connecting all our energy to one purpose, whew, that sounds pretty appealing to me. We've never been on the same page. This is like the first group project that we've been assigned as a species. Let's say we're at university for the university of the galactic and humanity rolls in. And it's like, oh, Hey, we're humanity. Oh, cool. Where are you guys from? Oh, we're this place for Earth. Oh, nice. So what's the, what's the go? Oh, we, we've got like our oh, seven continents. We all fucking hate each other and we all kill each other. What? Why would you do that, guys? It's like, oh, we're just, we're, we just don't really know anything better at the moment and none of us get along. It's like, well, welcome to the group project. Um, It's called Bitcoin. And hopefully you guys can fucking get along and stop being babies and actually channel your energy towards a common goal. Oh, yeah, that might sound good. I mean, if we are one in six squintillion in the universe, I think fucking, yeah, better start getting along with each other. Why not? The fuck am I born with a problem with someone else on this planet? They haven't done anything to me. Like, we're all on the same team, surely. But people I, anyway, are people, you know, hey? What? People are sometimes devoid of meaning and they've got to latch on to sort of ideologies. I mean... Well, I think within... I, here's the thing. The kicker is everyone hates each other because everyone's scared. That's what happens like in life, in animals, in, in predatory environments, in primality, like the primalness of that is people are scared. I'm scared you're going to take our resources or I'm scared that my resources won't work when I need them to. Everyone is hedging their bets. And so everyone is trying to take each other's resources but for security. Basically, a security is the most important thing to us as a species, like as a team, we should all like... The more secure we are with each other, the stronger we are as a species or a team, right? Like, let's say, dude, if some other planet rolled up to us today and was like, oi, what the fuck? We'd be like, get the fuck out of here. We'll kill you too while we kill each other. It's like, you know, they'd be like, nah, man, they'll eat themselves. We can drive off and come back in, you know, 50 light years and they'll be toast. So it's sort of like, like let's have a bit of pride in our planet, you know? Like, we don't need to rush to Mars. Let's fucking get our shit. case that, like... Is it not the case that we have like um uh, it's difficult to scale human bonds because you know it's like whatever the Dunbar number is I can't remember is mm. 150 or whatever 130 mm. beyond that it becomes really hard to maintain good relations with a lot of different people right and so that's why uh, you don't need so when you create a relation like with someone you find 
common values or whatever, but like if everyone's on a common monetary standard that we inherit the values of the money by default, not by choice, because we have to, if we have to use this money, then we have to wait 10 minutes and we have to get used to waiting 10 minutes and we have to get used to being secure and we have to get used to being self-sovereign and all these little attributes that you pick up along your Bitcoin journey, like a, you know, a traveler along this journey mm. they're inherent you're inheriting the assets of the, the you're inheriting the values of the protocol and so you don't know that yet or whatever but like i look at the fiat money standard and you look at the fiat money society like what do you think the fuck what do you think the problem is like yeah that's a massive problem and they're really correlated surely right like common sense says so that's why i think you look at the demeanor in bitcoin a lot of the, the priorities and just the focus is different and i think a lot of people can sort of unite together under a common set of value systems and that's that's what religions are religions are value systems that sort of point to look man i don't know you you don't know me but oi the dude in the sky is mad he's been hooked us up and he made the earth cool and so now we're common yeah. buddies we, we get along and so those those value systems will help organize people in the way that they conduct themselves at scale. Value systems are designed to scale. That's a, a value system is just a protocol. It's a set of saying, I like this, I don't like that, I tick this box. Bitcoin is a value system. I halve every 210,000 blocks, every 2016 blocks, I'm going to adjust the difficulty and there's 21 million of me. Any changes to this, go fuck yourself. Well, sorry, I didn't say that, but that's what I'm imagining it would say. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. it does speak by the community. But, you know, we can see by the community, there's such a big community that is like this social protector of Bitcoin. If we think of Bitcoin like a baby, then the plebs and the community, which is all of us, we're all sort of preserving the baby's values and the values were given to it by its parent, Satoshi, not by us. So we don't say, hey, kid, do you want to uh, increase the supply cap to 42 million? It's like, you know, go fuck yourself, dude. No, he gave it 21 million. He left it. It's his. It's done. Change it. Fork it. No worries. Other than that, just do your job and just keep it as it was. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like, and I agree with you to an extent, but then I start thinking, okay, people are people. And as long as we have politicians and we have leaders, we have yeah. lobbyists, we have vested interests, we have people that are saying, look at them, look at them. And yeah. so let's imagine we've all adopted a Bitcoin standard. Let's imagine we, in this world. Yeah. And I don't think this will happen maybe in our lifetime. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like it will. But anyway, you know, you've got a guy who's got like, you know, 50 Bitcoin. And then there's a guy who's got like, you know, 50,000 Satoshis. And he's a bit of a bitter, resentful individual. Like my sense is that like those, the patterns of history have suggested that in the just the world the discrepancy in distribution of anything exactly because and thing is and and what people don't appreciate is inequality is the default position it doesn't yes. matter whether you're talking about money or you're talking about lobsters who get to have sex with each other yeah. the male like you know 80 percent of the work gets done by 20 percent of the males lobsters yeah, yeah same with the lions many most lions get fucked up and never actually get to procreate and yeah. there's 20 percent of the champions and so this yeah. is just kind of like life. And yet people will never accept that. My my senses. And they will yeah. always they'll always go, You had it easy. I want some of your stuff for free. And that's why there's always this pendulum from freedom towards of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff. You know what I'm I, saying? I, and that look, that's I a hundred percent agree. That is natural. And that's always the case when not every person gets what they want, kind of thing. 
So I also think that if, yeah, yeah, that, it is true. It is true. People will, you know, they've got too much. There's, you know, well, you should have been here earlier. And it's like, well, I wasn't here earlier. It's like, it's a hard thing. I think though, that for some reason, I just think that that won't happen because I think actually what Bitcoin will do, and I know this sounds stupid, but I just think it will happen. Energy will become super abundant. And so like the premise of money might actually decay pretty quickly in our lifetime as well. I know it sounds bonkers, but I actually think like money's too terminally ill. Like, I don't know how you can have money survive for another 40 years. That isn't Bitcoin. True story. Like, what do you print, print more, keep printing, like start a new car. I just don't know a way out of it. And I think that the way out of it is, well, here's an interesting thing. A way out of it, well, the wealth discrepancy thing, that, yes, that's human nature. You've got more than me. I want more than you. Okay. So that is bad if I, if everyone wants money, then it's really bad. But if people have a disinterest in money, then it becomes sort of money is a thing for people. Money maybe. Basically, money might actually not exist in the future because money sort of only exists at the moment because it sort of rations energy. But if we have, you know, unlimited capacity for energy, then Bitcoin might become this storage ledger where now everyone's plugging into a miner and the way that you make money is just by getting a portion of the network every day and that keeps your lights on. Like a whole paradigm shift of, like we said, the kid that knows nothing about Captain Cook arriving in whenever the fuck he did, kind of a language Captain Cook, but, you know, these people, they'll grow up, there'll be a whole civilization of people that grow up and they don't need to study anything else. I study yeah. energy because that's the king of the universe. That's what every other planet is studying. That's what every other planet is functioning on. That's what I'm made out of. Why am I gonna study whatever turds you've made in history? Like, do you know what I mean? Like where it's yeah. like, look at all the fuck ups we've made in history. It's like, good. Now we've figured it out. Energy's it. And we've been wasting our time on everything else. So now we can focus on energy. People are not going to be, I don't think people are going to be really focused on anything else other than a purpose-driven commitment to an energy field. If you think of us as all as particles in a distributed system, everyone's going to think, well, fuck, how do I stand out and how do I be the best energetically in this distributed system? So I think with that comes a lot of like ego death. Ego death's a big thing that I think will happen through Bitcoin or just as a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's such interesting times. And then what you're saying there, sorry to interrupt, but I'll tell yeah. you what, what you're saying is so interesting because yeah, there's a strong correlation between prosperity and energy of uh, abundance. I mean, that's, yes. Lynn Alden has done work in the space and I, I can't even remember where else, but there's yeah. just it's like a direct cor correlation at the end of the yes. day. And what we have happening today is the ruling class, political leads, whoever they might be, sort of saying, look, energy consumption is bad, okay? And we're not <laughs> we're yeah, not yeah. having it. It's too much. We've yeah. got it all just like, like I, you know, I saw this alert on, my, on my, my work computer about like, do you want to change your battery settings because it's more environmentally friendly or whatever? I'm like, go fuck yourself, honestly. And so, you know, it, I, I feel as if that agenda itself is losing steam. I was concerned a few years ago, but oh, but that might drown out. You know. I'm feeling like it's yeah, because I was like, because I looked at, there. There's some sort of climate accord happening at the moment. Yeah, um, you know, where everyone just gets in their jets and pops over the there. Best, uh, the best. No one could do it via Zoom. You know, those are the things. Um, they have to be in person where they can do deals, yeah. speak and friends. But um, and 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 there was just like a headline. I didn't dig into it, but uh, whether it was the Saudi fella or um 
you know, one of those sort of Petra dollar nations basically was just saying like, um, you know, sort of net zero is just an illusion. Uh, hydrocarbon is the hydrocarbon energy is like the baseload power for civilization and we need mm. it. Mm. And yeah, perhaps we're going to enter a world in 30, 40, 50 years where you've got abundant energy. You know, let's say you're a villager now in Malawi. You don't have yeah. to kind of like walk half a mile to go and get water. And then you got to bet your sticks and you bring it inside and you fucking, mm. you know, you're cooking up your, your meal there. And it's like yeah. a whole day's worth of labor. If you've got energy on tap where you've got access to, you know, and think about like being able to have access to sound money and yeah. perhaps even good you've got technology. sound money. You've got yeah. GP chat GBT on an offline device because someone's figured out how to compress it into a raspberry Pi. So now you've got the smartest of everything on earth in a raspberry Pi. You've got sound money on a GSM phone, you know, Nokia 3110 or, you know, old school. Yeah. But now we're starting to see like, oh shit, utility is, we've, we've propagated the utility of these things, right? Like everyone's got access to it. And so if there is sort of these ways to harness energy in a more organic way then we'll find a way to do it if we haven't already but let me tell you something bitcoin miners have the biggest carrot ever to figure out how to get smarter with energy and all of them are trying to figure it out faster than each other because that's just you have to like you're it's a stupid thing if you're in that game not researching it who else is gonna who else has a bigger carrot to know energy better these guys are talking to God right now. Like as a Bitcoin miner, you are that close to the chain. It's like you are talking to the source of energy. True story. If you could have a conversation with the sun. So how you speak that language to it is energy efficiency. And that's how it says, thank you very much. I really appreciate you making the investment in this energy efficiency. Here's hmm. more coins than you were going to get usually because you're mining better. Yeah. So I think they've got a big carrot. I also think it was kind of interesting. I think I was talking to my brother about this, but, you know, like thinking that Iran model, right? Let's say there's just this kind of whole like, oh shit, we fucked up the fair money system. We've got to all roll over onto a new system. Basically what would happen, every person's home and everything would become Bitcoin mining and you would sell it back to the government. And that was how they made money. Basically <laughs> it was Bitcoin going up when you sold some or whatever, when you sold a portion of your thing, they're clipping the ticket, they're buying it off you. And they're basically now the node operators become the country's politicians, basically. Because now if I'm if if my mining operation as a country, if they're always getting five percent and they start doing something like, oh, well, what if we try and change this policy? It's like ah, da, da, da. you want your five percent of our mining thing? Like, you know, like if they're clipping the ticket of all the coins mined, yeah, and Bitcoin's the most valuable asset on the planet then it's probably a good way to find harmony between all the node operators locally in that country and how they pay their, you know, their government for the energy grid that they're using or whatever it is. But I think there's a relationship there. There's something like Iran's doing where that model could work basically persistently for every country ever. I think something like that, where everyone basically just starts mining and the countries are like, Hey guys, we all fucked up the old system. Okay, cool. Everyone under Bitcoin now we'll figure it out. And then Kablamo, Bitcoin standard, one sat, one dollar, whatever you want to call it. You find some parody moment and you probably that becomes what we know as the singularity, which is where we actually singularity is not the center of a black hole. It's where two very heavily weighted premises in your mind connect, which is, let's say, 
money and sound money, old money and sound money. And they've mm. finally converged where everyone has now adopted it and it's become a unified standard. So I feel like that convergence that can happen, it sounds like a pie in the sky, but look, stranger things have happened maybe. Jeez, dude, I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm just like, why are you talking? I'm just thinking to myself, okay, you're a, you're an energy, energy rich com- uh, country, right? And you have this ability to, and, and let's say you're just, let's pick one of the, you know, the countries like, you know, Iran, Saudi, wherever, right? Qatar. And you want to institute UBI. You get access to a shitload of different miners. Yep. And that could just be a way of printing money to distribute yeah. to the people. And the literal thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, I like, mean, well, Bitcoin is like this digital ATM that anyone can access. If you've got good mining power, you can withdraw money from it. How do you do it? I pay in energy and I get coins back. Oh, but where do I put my card in? Your card's the energy commitment. It's like, that's it, you know? Start thinking differently, fuckface. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's really wild, man. Um, but I think I think it's that strong. I think it's that strong that it gets there. That sounds crazy, but we got to realize this piece of machinery is... Yeah, it's next level. It's really next level. If only we could physically see it, our brains would comprehend just how gnarly it is. When you say like you, you've said it before, like the heaviest chain and all that jazz. Yeah. And, like, and and I think for people who are not in the space, they kind of go like, it's not physical. I can't see it. I can't touch yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's so good about gold? It's like a yellow rock, you know? Um, yeah. And there is, it's, it's, it's sort of confusing because it's a physical, how can a digital thing be heavy? And yeah. you kind of, it's because that's the weird part about it. That is what proof of work is, right? We're putting thermodynamics, mixing it with digital and basically tethering a thermodynamic spark on a Bitcoin miner to a digital cryptographic moment, which is the block height. And ching, now the entire physical world is tethered to the entire digital ledger. And now that moment is plopping through time connected forever. That's super, that's super interesting. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you got some value out of it. Either way, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think. My handle is Dale21M. If you've got any suggestions as to people you think I should be talking to or topics I should address to, I would love that sort of feedback. Otherwise, if you want to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. The first is just to share it amongst your friends and family. The more that people hear the message that Bitcoin and crypto are not the same thing, the better. And I want to help people understand that. The second thing you can do is give me a five-star review on whichever podcast app you're using. Of course, that's only if I deserve it. And last but not least, if you want to stream Satsmoe via the Fountain app, I'm not going to say no, but it's not expected. Thank you so much for your support thus far. It means the world to me. I appreciate the hell out of you and the best is yet to come. Much love, friends. I'll see you on the other side.